Welcome to the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. This episode contains the sermon from June 21st by Pastor Randy titled, Temptation and Walking by the Spirit. So we began last week talking about temptation. And what we said was we all know the pull away from what's good and right toward the, what's evil and what will hurt us. The, the hymn writer put it this way, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. So here's the question. Why is it, why is it that sometimes the spirit is so willing but the flesh is so weak? Why is that? And we said last week two reasons. One, we often deceive ourselves. Not only do we deceive ourselves where temptation is concerned, but we have an enemy that's out to deceive us. Who's out to kill, steal, and destroy it. And he does it through deception, trying to deceive us. And we said it's like when you go online and look at a hotel room. And you look and it shows that hotel room. And everything looks great. Everything looks nice. It looks big. It looks beautiful. But when you get there, that's not quite right. All of a sudden you realize they had a very wide-angle lens on this camera. Wow, I want a wide-angle lens like that that can make this room that's 10 foot wide look like it's 30 foot wide. Wow, they did some great photo cropping. Because what looks real nice, what looks like a big courtyard, what looks like a nice big room, what looks like a pristine beach, it's all pretty yucky. And we all know what photo cropping is about, right? When things appear one way, but when you back out and you see the whole picture, you realize things are completely different. Got some examples for you. Well, where do we go? No. You're right, it's not working. I do not have any examples for you. All right. We'll skip that. We'll go on. Anyway, we had some examples of photocropping. You'll just have to imagine that was there for you. All right. So what happens is that you have this picture. I mean, it looks great. It looks pristine. The beach club, all that stuff. But when you actually get there, what you get is a hotel, a small, danky, just, uh, just run-down hotel. And it's surrounded by a junkyard. Full of what? Rusting, rotting boats. Dead fish smells everywhere. That's what temptation does. It photocrops. It gives you this, this pristine picture. But if you back out and you see it, you realize, oh, that's not the whole story at all. It looks good. It looks completely different from what it actually is going to become. And here's the thing. I fear this. Because people do it all the time. It's things like this. Whenever you hear people say, it's just a one-night stand, that's great photocropping. What we got? We got some photocropping going on. All right. We're working through some photocropping right now. <laughs> okay. Whenever somebody says a one-night stand, that's great photocropping. Oh, so all that consequences are just going to go away because you had a few moments of pleasure? Or when people say, nobody knows but me. That's great photocropping. So your life is spiraling out of control, but it's okay because nobody knows about it but you. And all those consequences, they seem to have a way of unfolding over time and causing a lot of mess in your life. Or how about this one? 
The company owes me. Oh, so you can work five hours and turn in ten hours because the company owes you. That's a great job of photocropping. What you do is you just plant the seeds of dishonesty that's going to grow up and cause you to just lose complete integrity in the area of your life as far as your work is concerned. Great photocropping. And I fear this. I fear this. It scares me. Because I've seen people do things just like this. And the reason it scares me is I fear waking up one day and being in a crisis and needing my faith and it's gone. Why? Because I gave into this temptation and gave into this temptation and gave into this temptation over here. And kept giving temptations that my faith is just gone. It's not there anymore. I've doubted God in all these situations. It's just gone. Or I fear this. I fear giving in this temptation and giving into the same temptation again and the same temptation again and the same temptation again. Then there's this whole dark side of my life. And I fear that because I've seen it happen to so many people. And I have been around enough and I know enough scripture to know that experience or wisdom or knowledge or commitment, all those things, that won't keep me from falling into temptation. Solomon had those things to the 10th power and he messed up. He go to the end of his life. He just totally turned his back on God altogether. And how did it begin with him? Remember we talked about that last week. He, he, he bought into this 80, 85 or 90% truth. Just a little bit of session, but a whole lot of truth. That if I just go marry Pharaoh's daughter, I have an alliance with Egypt and everything's going to be okay. Then he married another king's daughter, another king's daughter, another important person, another important person, until he married so many wives and he pulled his heart away from God that at the end of his life he's doing despicable things. See, nobody wakes up in the morning and says, you know, my life's going great. I think I'll just mess it up today. Completely mess up my whole life. Nobody does that. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, you know, I'm young and healthy and I got a good life. I think I'm just going to get addicted to something so I die at an early age and I never get to see my grandkids go up. Nobody says that. Nobody wakes up in the morning, you know, I think I'm going to get addicted and, and have this, this, this porn habit or something like that that, that just destroys my family and, and lose respect to my kids. Nobody does that. Nobody says, you know what, I think I'm going to wake up this morning and I'm going to place this little bet on, on horses or, or cards or sports and then I'm going to keep placing bets and keep placing bets until I'm so far in death these big guys with bats come and they bust my knees. Nobody says that, but it happens all the time. All the time. That's what goes on. In fact... The thing about this deception is that it's so subtle. It just sort of sneaks up on you, doesn't it? It looks like it's so innocent to begin with. It's good. It's that photocropping in. It looks good to begin with. It's so subtle. It looks so good. But then when you step into it and you begin to live it out, it becomes so, so bad. And here's the thing. There are people... (laughs) who will fall into temptation over and over and over again, and, and they'll get caught in deception. And outwardly, their lives look normal. They're still at church all the time. Things look completely normal. But it's anything but. So, what's the solution? Last time we said, saying no is not enough. It's not enough just to say no to temptation. You have to be convinced that the if and the when, the promise of temptation doesn't hold account to the here and the now. 
In other words, temptation always says, boy, if you get this job, if you get this relationship, if you do this, things are going to be great. If this happens and when that happens, things are going to be great. That the if and the when doesn't hold a candle to what you have here now with God and living in the Father's house. You have to be convinced of, of, of how good God is. Because when you become bonded to that which is good, then temptation loses its power. It, it has no effect. Let's look at this verse in Romans eight thirteen. Because if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. If by what? The Spirit. It's not your own strength. You can't do it. It has to come by the Spirit. When you're bonded to that which is strong, what you will do is you will lose, the temptation will lose its ability to come into your life and, and do anything. Let me give you an example. A guy by the name of Bruce Alexander, he's a psychologist from Vancouver. He did a study on addiction using rats. And what he did in this little cage of rats, he put a bottle of regular water and water laced with cocaine or heroin. 100% of the rats got addicted and died of overdose. 100%. He concluded from that that we are just all bent toward getting addicted. We just, that's just within us. For people just to, to kind of flow toward addiction. But then he said, no, wait, 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 wait. I only gave them two choices. Regular water and, and the water laced with, with chemicals. I didn't give them anything else to bond with. So then he built this rat park, this Disneyland for mice. He put in balls in there that rats like to play with. He put in tunnels and hid cheese everywhere. If it was a male rat, he put a female rat in there so they could get ratty. I mean, it was, it was just a whole, a whole rat Park is just the greatest thing that rats could ever have, along with the regular water and the chemical lace water. Not one of the rats got addicted to the cocaine or heroin. And then he concluded this. When we bond to those things that make us strong, temptation loses its appeal. And that's so true. That's so true. The reason that that we are so weak sometimes regarding temptation is that yet we haven't bonded to that which makes us strong. This is the way Paul puts it in Galatians. He puts it this way. I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other, so you don't do what you want. Walk in the Spirit. Bond with God. And you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Those things, those desires that we have toward anger and bitterness and pride, and all this, they'll become lesser and lesser in your life. So, here's the question. What are the desires of the flesh? What are they? That's an easy question. Here's what Paul says. Now, the works of the flesh are obvious. In other words, everybody knows this. I don't have to give you a list, but I'm going to give you a list anyway, Paul says. Here's the list. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions. 
Here we go. Oh, let's back up. Sorry, we're not there yet to the screaming kid. All right, we're almost there. Uh, that, uh, there's a little bit more to that verse that, that's not there. Uh, but anyway, here's what he said. You know what these things are. So, walk in the Spirit, be bond with God. You will not give in to the desires of the flesh. Now, what does that look like? What does it look like to give in to the desires of the flesh? Okay? What does that look like? Here's what it looks like to give in to the desires of the flesh. Now, let's, now we're ready. This lasts a minute, okay? You can pick up that whole thing now. All I was, Josh, all I was asking you to do was pick up those three parts. All I asked you to do was pick up those three parts. And you, so now you can pick up the whole thing. You can pick up the whole thing now. You don't get to watch TV. That's enough of that. It goes on. How much can you stand? I start automatically just doing this. <laughs> All right. That's where I go. When we give to the desires of the flesh, that's what it looks like. A two-year-old or a five-year-old. I want my way. I want what I want and I want it now. I want pornography, so I'm not going to put a lock on my computer. I want drugs, so I'm going to make sure that I have enough cash around and friends numbers around so I can get drugs when I want to. I want that junk food, so I'm going to make sure I always have access to it. I want that anger, that bitterness, so I'm going to make sure that, that I always have that route to take. That's what it looks like. But if you walk by the Spirit, then what happens? Those things, that anger, that bitterness, that pride, that lust, all those things get less and less in your life. So what does it mean to walk by the Spirit? That's the question. Now, to understand what it means to walk by the Spirit, to help us understand that, a lot of times it's helpful to look at what's opposite of walking by the Spirit. So if this is walking by the Spirit, what's opposite of walking by the Spirit? Now don't quite answer that, you guys, because you may not know the answer to this. But the opposite of walking by the Spirit is living under the law. Okay? Let's go back to verse 18 of Galatians 5. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So, what's being under the law? Under the law is... I'm going to win this. I'm going to get up and I'm going to behave myself today. There's not going to be any anger in my life today. I'm, I'm going to defeat this lust today. You get up in the morning and you go, okay, I'm going to do the right thing. And guess what? Some days you may do okay. Some days you may score a 60. Now, that's not exactly a great grade, but it's passing, right? You did okay. Some days a 70. Because you didn't get angry. You kept your pride in check. You didn't get bitter. You kept your lust in check. Maybe you get an 80. Maybe one day you get a 30. It was just a bad day. It's a 30. Then maybe one day you get a 90. 
It's probably because you were quarantined and wasn't anybody else around for you to get angry at. That's probably why you got 90 that day. But in the end, you'll always wind up with the guilt and you'll never quite reach the goal. Because you can't do it living under the law. It doesn't come that way. It doesn't come by, by, by living under the law. If you don't understand what it means to walk by the Spirit, then good luck trying to live the Christian life. You'll just try to give it your best shot. Good luck trying to defeat sin in your life. Good luck trying to overcome temptation in your life if you just think you're going to live under the law and just say, I'm just not going to do this. But if you learn what it means to walk in the Spirit, then you won't be living under the law. And those two things are completely different. One's about keeping a list. The other is about surrendering to someone. One is, I'm going to get up. I'm going to be determined. One is, I'm going to get up and I want to know what my Heavenly Father has in mind for me today. Completely different things. One's about keeping a list. The other's about following a person. Do you understand it's completely different to try and keep a list or following a person? There is nothing, nothing, nothing intimate or personal about trying to keep a list. But there is something very intimate and very personal about following a person. Think of it this way. If I were to give you directions to my house, I would come over here and give you, I'd write it down. Go west on the bar. Turn south on Lake Otis or take a left and take another left if you want left or right, rather north or south. Go on Lake Otis and, and I could give you a list. And if I gave you a list, what's your focus going to be on if you're coming to my house? Following the list. I'm going to read this list and I'm going to carry out exactly what it says to do on this list. But what if instead of giving a list, what if I come over here and I say, follow me to my house? Then where's your focus? Your focus is on me. See, it's completely different. It's completely different from waking up in the morning and going, I'm going to do what I can to keep this list versus I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm going to wake up sensitive to and surrendering to the Holy Spirit. Sensitive to, God, what do you want me to do today? God, I'm listening to you. God, I want to hear your voice. What do you want me to do today? And then surrendering, okay, God, I will do it. And I'm not saying there's not any effort involved. We're going to talk about that next week. There is effort involved. But it's completely different from somebody who says, I'm just going to be committed and I'm going to keep this list versus somebody who says, I'm going to be surrendered and I'm going to follow my Lord. Walk in the Spirit and you will not feel the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit versus trying to live under the law. So you don't get up every morning going, I'm going to be a better Christian today. You get up every morning and you go, I'm going to surrender to my Heavenly Father today. I'm going to listen to His voice. But you try to defeat temptation without the Spirit. It's like trying to chop down a tree with an axe handle and no axe head. You ever done that before? You just wind up jarring yourselves and making dent on trees. It doesn't feel good. Zechariah puts it this way. So he answered me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by strength or by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord of armies. By his spirit, to be sent to and surrendered to the Holy Spirit. Uh, Galatians 5, 1. It was for what? What's it for? Freedom. Freedom. And what's he talking about? He's talking about freedom. 
He's talking about being free from sin, being free from He's talking about just living free. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm. And what do you do when Christ sets you free? What do you do according to this verse when Christ sets you free? What do you do? You make sure you never go back to that yoke of slavery. You make sure you never go back to, I'm going to get up this morning, I'm going to be a good Christian. You make sure you never go back there. Because that's not where life is at. That's where death is at. That's why you see emphasized over and over again in the book of Galatians, the book of Romans, we're not under the law. It's by the Spirit now. It's by grace and by the Spirit. It's not by the law. Because law couldn't do it anyway. The law could tell you where you messed up, but it couldn't help you get right. That's all the law does. It's like a level. It just shows you where you're at, but it can't make you straight again. And we won't sit there and go, oh, law, law, law. No, that's death. Life is found over here. Freedom is found over here by the Spirit. That's where it's found. So, never go back. Never go back to being about keeping a list. It's never been about keeping a list. If it would have, Jesus would have showed it with a list. In fact, they asked him a lot of times, Jesus, where's your list? I don't have a list. You've had a list for years. You've never been getting good at keeping it. I didn't bring a list. So a young shepherd boy goes out to visit his brothers on the battlefield as they're lined up against the armies of, of their oppressors, the Philistines. And they got a giant out there, right? So David shows up. He looks at the giant who's defying the armies of Israel. Then he looks at his God, looks at the giant, looks at God, looks at the giant, looks at God, and goes, I think my God can take you. And so David starts getting defiant. Who are you? Completely different attitude toward what the armies of Israel had, right? They were looking at Goliath saying he's too big to fight. And David's looking at God saying the giant's too big to miss. Completely different attitudes. So David shows up with a completely different attitude, a completely different perspective. And he begins to talk defiantly back to Goliath. And that's what some of you need to do toward the stuff in your life. Goliath, what do you have that my God doesn't have? What can you do for me that God can't do for me? You're looking pretty small and pretty puny as far as what you're promising that you can do versus what my God can do. And that's what you, some of you need to do toward the stuff in your life. Pill, what can you do for me that God can't do for me? Bottle, what can you do for me that God can't do for me? Lust, what can you promise me that God can't give to me? Material possessions, what do you have that you can give to me that my God can't do for me? He began to get defiant. Goliath, you're going down. And that's what some of you need to do. Anger, you're going down. Bitterness, you're going down. Lust, you're going down. Because greater he who is in me than he who is in the world. Because I am now waking up and surrendering to the Spirit of God in my life. You're going down. We did this verse last week. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you should obey its lust. So sin can reign, but only if you... Let it. 
Y'all might, let, let me give you another run at that, okay? Y'all try to do it a little bit better this time. Maybe all together in one voice, okay? Sin can only reign in your body if you... Oh, that's so much better. Here's the formula. Given this formula before. Biblical imperatives, apart from biblical thinking, always leads to short-term obedience and long-term frustration. Biblical imperatives, apart from biblical, biblical thinking, always leads to short-term obedience and long-term frustration. In other words, biblical imperatives, that's commands. This is what God wants us to do with our life. Love one another. Serve one another. You know, accept one another. Be holy. Those things that God wants us to do, apart from biblical thinking, apart from walking in the Spirit, apart from thinking, I can't do this alone. I have to have the Spirit. Apart from that biblical thinking will always lead to short-term obedience. You may get up in the morning, determine it, and you may get it right for a day, two days, maybe even a week or a month. But it will lead to long-term frustration. In the end, it will be two steps forward and three steps back. And you go, why can't I ever get there? How come I ever can't get over here and put this behind me? Because you haven't learned yet. Until you're bonded to that which makes you strong. Until you become bonded. Until you begin walking in the Spirit, as the way Paul would put it. You're going to have trouble with desires of the flesh. So. We've got a couple more weeks of looking at this. But if you can't get this right, if you can't get up in, in the morning and want to, to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, want to surrender to the Holy Spirit, you're going to have difficulty with this. It's going to be a problem. Whatever the this is in your life is going to be a problem. Isn't it time that you surrendered to Him? Isn't it time that you stopped photocropping things out and, and got stepped back and got the big picture and saw the whole thing and, and see it from what Satan promises to where it ends up and ends up in not a good place. And at times you step back and looked at the whole thing and you begin to say, no. Satan, what you promise, what you can do for me is nothing compared to what my God, who he is and what he wants to do in my life. Nothing. You don't hold a candle. You're out of here. You're gone. And you need to get defiant with it. You ever read that speech that David gave to Goliath? You need to memorize that. You need to wake up every day and you need to have Galatians 5.18 that, that we are walked by the Spirit and not live under the law. You need to put that on your bedroom wall. Just paint it in big letters. That it's by the Spirit and not by the law. That needs to become impressed upon you. So it never leaves you. So you don't get up and you decide, I'm going to be determined today. But you get up and go, I'm surrendering today. And I want what my God wants for me. And Satan, you come along with these temptations, there's no way. You just might as well get those things out of here. And get defiant with those things. And not let them even look appealing to you because you're so caught up in who your Heavenly Father is. So is it time for you to surrender? Maybe as a Christian you need to do that again. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to Christ and now's the time you're ready to turn it all over to Him. But however God is speaking to you today, don't miss the opportunity just to bow down and say, God, I want to hear your voice.
I want to be sensitive to what you have to say, and I want to surrender to it. I want to be obedient to how your spirit leads me. That's a lot different from being determined to do something, right? So, keeping a list is a lot different than keeping a list and following a person. And that's what Jesus wants you to do, to follow him. Are you ready to do that? Thank you for tuning into the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. For more information, check out our website at gbcak.org.